and welcome to Knitting Shop Live, the podcast recorded live and unscripted by your favorite knitting gals. We are your hosts, Brianna, Kathy, Natalie, and Stephanie. And a huge thanks to our listeners for joining us. Today we'll be talking about our what ifs. So now it's time to grab a drink and listen up because we're about to get started. Hi, guys. Hi. How's it going? It's great. It's good to see you guys. This is a perfect thing to do on a Monday. Seriously. We have a special guest with Henry. So if anybody hears some baby babble in the background, last time, a couple weeks ago, it was Katie. Now it's Henry. He's so adorable. I wish the world could see him on our podcast, but just him, not me, just him. (laughs) Yeah, this is a great way to start the week. It's kind of like a happy hour to kick it off and go, we're good. We're all together. So yeah, well, a lot of us are knitting. So why don't we start with what's on our needles? Bina? All right. I am knitting on a sock still. I'm actually almost at the toe right now. It's been a a rough few days, so I haven't really been knitting, but um, this is a great like grab and go project. I've actually been bringing it with me to work in case like on my way home, I have to stop anywhere and wait for something. So uh, it's, it's really nice. It's the rye by Tin Can Knits. It's a really good sock pattern. It's a great, you've inspired me. I really want to make a pair for Ed, the crossing guard. Um, so on my knitting needles, it's the same. Well, it's three projects. It is Ed's cardigan, which is lingering. It is the hat for the neighbor across the street, which will be done next week. And I finished the heel tap socks I was doing last week and I started a new pair. And the name of that pattern is Gladys. And I'm really enjoying it. Um, I don't know, I'm hooked on heel tab socks. That's all I can say. I'm Bradley with your needles. I am working on my strange brew. And I finished my second sleeve last week. And yesterday I got the ribbing done on my body. So I'm ready to start the body. Very excited. I want to wear this sweater before it stops being cold. So March is my cutoff. I have a month, ladies. Awesome. Do it. You can do you it. Can, yeah, you can totally do that. And the sleeves are the worst part. So you're done then. It's great. I never want to knit a sweater a different way again. I loved being able to get gauge on my sleeve. And I loved that they're done because- I just don't want to have to worry about them. So there's a lot of psychology there. I so agree with you, Natalie. Yep. It's done. Done, done, done. All right. For me, I'm working on a toddler's hat right now um, to finish up a gift that I am working on. So I'm doing the beloved Aaron one. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. Something a little bit different. So that is such a good looking hat too. It's really nice. Yeah. All right. So how do we want to structure this, ladies? We have some what-ifs from the real world, and we have some what-ifs for our knitting. Do we want to do one from the real world, one from our knitting, go round robin, or do we want to do all real world and then all knitting? Well, I always like to mix a little knitting into my real world, so let's go back and forth. Okay. (laughs) All right. So the first one will be what if you could um, be an animal for a day? Which one would you be? I would be, this sounds like really boring, but I would be a seabird, some sort of a bird of the sea or like an ocean bird. I don't know. It doesn't have to be a seagull. It's just a bird that lives around the ocean. I feel like that would be cool. <laughs> 
Okay, so I'm kind of right there with you, uh, Brianna. I want to be an eagle. It's not that I have a special attraction to eagles, but I just think that we are, you know, we've, we've lived online for so long. I think to be able to fly free and soar would be amazing. So I want to be an eagle. Right on. I think I want to be a golden retriever because it just seems like everyone's really happy to see you and you're a golden retriever. And that would be a really good way to be for a day. <laughs> I love it. That's great. <laughs> I would like to be my lab because um, she sleeps all day and that sounds fantastic. <laughs> I love how we went from the extreme of like, being able to just soar through the sky to I just want someone to love me and pet me. <laughs> and let me sleep. Let it's me cool. Sleep, yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. So now we're going to jump into knitting. What if I run out of yarn? start a new project <laughs> I'm kidding um I I thought about this because I always think about what I would do if I ran out of yarn and if it's a project where you're close to the end and you run out of yarn you just find out a way to make it work you don't try to like order a whole new ball just for like a couple more rows you just finish it and be done with it because it's going to take longer if you're waiting for more yarn to get there. Brianna, I, I literally, I wrote down answers and it says, make it work, just make it work. I'm right there with you. Um, so it could be that the sweater you thought that was going to be a car coat is going to be more of a crop sweater. It's okay. Somehow it all works out. Or this was always my mother's one. Um, and this was not so much that her yarn ran out, although sometimes it was as her time ran out and I would get that call. And if you don't mind the best, I could have it ready for you tomorrow. So, you know, I'm knitting a sweater. Now the sleeves have to come at the end. I run out of yarn, make it a vest or color block it. Yeah. Put a whole block of different color in there. Make it, make it work. Yeah. I just actually recently did this. So I have a good example of what I did when I ran out of yarn. I was working on my border for my color block blanket that I made for my friend's baby. And I ran out of yarn when I was on the last border and I only had two rows left. So I literally took a row back, bound off and then undid the other side, took a row back and then bound off and I had enough yarn. And it's like shorter on the sides than it is on the, on the other two sides, but you can't tell. And I didn't have to buy a new ball yarn. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when you're using it like that, you can't even tell like when it's being used. Um, and Kathy, you just did one too, where it was a Santa hat and at the top of it, you switched over back to white because you didn't have enough red for the top of it. Right. That's and right. It, it was fine because the pom-poms white and it, it worked out. So, um, a nice reminder that if you're going to put a pom-pom on the top of a hat, those last couple of rows get covered up by a pom-pom. So do what you need to do with whatever yarn you have laying around, <laughs> um, <laughs> to just make it work. Yeah. yeah. Make it work. That's good. No one needs to know. Nope. No. I love it. Secret that there's a white tip under the Santa pom-pom. It's a secret. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. The next one from the real world is what if you could change the month or year you were born? I think about this all the time. I, I'm not even kidding because I was born in July and I 
hated it, especially growing up because I didn't get a birthday at school. Like I didn't get a birthday party with all of my schoolmates. So they either, depending on like how old you were, I think they did this in grade school, but they did like a birthday party for all of the summer babies at the same time, which I thought was such a horrendous thing to do. Like I, I wanted to be the spotlight and I'm not that type of person that wants to be the center of attention, but it's my birthday and I want to do what I want to do. And having a group party was not that thing. Um, so I would definitely change the month of my birthday to any month in a school year. I don't care if it's September or May, I just need it to be one that I would have a school party in. That's all. It's a big one. That's a totally big one. So for that reason, I really, I've always loved the month of my birthday, October. I love it. You're back in school. You're back long enough that you know your new circle of friends in your class. So it was always easy to kind of plan. I love October. But if you said to me, you have to change your birth date, your birth month, I'm going to go to August. And the way I came up with August is I wanted it to be a month where there was nothing else that would be close to it, like a holiday or anything like that. I, I'm with you, Brianna. I want it to be about me. I'm not sharing my birthday, Brianna, with the 4th of July, right? Yeah, even <laughs> that, next, August sounds like the perfect month. Kat. August is good. It's hot. And I'm going to tell you, I also wanted to, I would change my year. And believe it or not, I would want to have been born in 1940. Um, so I'd be really, well, I shouldn't say that, but I would be much older now that, now that I am, but I just love, Ed and I always say this, we were definitely a couple that was meant to be born earlier and lived like been in our twenties and thirties when we were in, when it was the 1960s, that's kind of our era. That's our period. So <laughs> that's me. I would like to be born in August of 1940. Nice. <laughs> So for me, I have qualms about moving my birthday guys because I'm a Pisces and I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Pisces. Like, I just don't know what would happen if I moved it. And I'm kind of scared of that. So I think I'm, I'm sticking with March 11th. Yeah. You know, I didn't even factor in the horoscope because I actually really like my sign of the horoscope also. So uh, you can take mine. I don't want to be a cancer <laughs> anymore. You can, I'll, I'll be born any, any other time. Thanks. <laughs> But Natalie, what about your year? Would you? I feel like, okay, so here's the thing. There's two types of ways I can go about this. I would love to be like a teenager in the fifties just to live out my Greece, like fantasies, you know, like, I just want to like go to the diner, hang out with my friends in the parking lot. You know, (laughs) I just feel like it's nice and everyone knew their neighbors and it was nice. But I also could see myself, you know, earlier than that, like, you know, like Bridgerton style, like parties and stuff. I would love that, except I have a feeling I wouldn't have been born into that class of humans. So um, that's risky too, you know? The 1950s as a teenager, which means I'm also born around the 1940s, Kathy. Yeah, we would have been classmates probably. I know, but doesn't it just sound dreamy? And you could just see it like you knew your neighbors and the style was so simple. Pull your hair up with a ponytail, put on a blouse and a poodle skirt or whatever you're going to wear. Saddle shoes, love saddle shoes. I Yeah, there we go. Love it. <laughs> um, all right. So for me, 
I would absolutely not change my birthday. I love my birthday. My birthday month is November. It is the beginning of November, November 3rd. And it always falls right around daylight savings time where I get the fall backwards. So I get the extra hour. So it's a good month. Like you're established in school. So you know your friends. I always got a party. Um, it was never like too cold, not too hot yet. Like not too hot, not too cold. So you could like have outdoor stuff, indoor stuff. And it was like right before the holidays. So people didn't have any plans yet, but like everybody was kind of home. And then you got that extra hour all the time. So I would never change my birthday. I love my birthday. The extra um, hour. Mm-hmm. And my poor sister-in-law actually is her birthday is right around the beginning of March where she loses that hour. So I always like to tell her I take it from her every year. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then as for the year, um, I would not change my year. And it would be cool to be born in a different time frame. But I loved, this is so, so corny. Um, when I was a teenager, Aeropostale always put their, their year 87 on all of their clothes. And I thought I was so cool because I was born in 1987 and I was wearing my year. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. That's so cool. I have, I have an Aeropostale bag. I actually just gave it to John's so he could put his knitting into. And it is like that, that I've had it for 20 years and mm-hmm. it's like Aeropostale 1987. I should, mm-hmm. I should <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was like, that was the year, like 87. I'm an 87 baby. Like, that was so cool. Is Aeropostale, were they born in 1987 also? Or how did they, do we know anything about the meaning of 87 with them? It must be the year that they established, I guess. I don't. I think that was the year they were established because it literally for a while, it was on everything they made. Mm -hmm. I think it's still on pretty much everything they make. Except they threw in some like cooler stuff. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, if you didn't have 87, established 87 plastered on your t-shirt, you weren't cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. I love it. Okay. All right. So the next one, sorry guys. Um, the next one is a knitting one and it's what if I make a mistake? I feel like we always have to go back to this man on a horse analogy. If if there is a man on a horse riding by your knitting and he doesn't see it, it's not there. It's not really a mistake. You can just keep going. That's how I feel about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I am. Uh, my, I just, my personal thing is, is embrace it, make it, make it part of what you're doing. Just embrace it and go on. I, in addition to my knitting, I've been doing some other things like Zentangle and watercolor, not watercolor, paint by number. I don't even know what I'm doing. It's all this stuff. But what I have learned in all of those different things is that um, there's don't be perfect. There's nothing perfect. It, that's what creates art. Actually, a part of art is imperfection. Of course, I have no degrees in art, so I'm just maybe starting a rumor here. But and you know, it's a little bit like yoga too. It's your practice. Mm-hmm. There's not a perfection to it. It's your practice. So I say embrace it. Yeah. Natalie? I love it. Um, for me, I've actually started adopting a new policy separate from Man on a Horse because I felt like for certain things that have happened to me recently, it was a little too subjective. 
So my new rule is if I mess up and I have to take out more than a row, I have to leave it for 30 minutes. And when I come back, if I still decide that I should take that back, I do. And if not, I move on and there is no going back on that decision. It is take it or leave it. That's a good one. I like that a lot. And you said something that's measurable there. So it's 30 minutes, just 30 minutes yeah. measurable. Make that decision now and live with it. Good one. Mm-hmm. For me, it's more like a project by project. So if I'm knitting something for somebody else and I have the time and that mistake is like a glaring, obvious thing for me, that's going to bother me. I'll go back and I'll fix it. Um, if it's something for my kids that I know they're probably going to fall down or rip out the pom-pom or just love it to death. Um, I'm not going to worry about fixing that mistake because it's going to be a very, very loved piece of knitted material. Um, but like the cable blanket that I just did for the gift for my brother and my sister-in-law, when I made mistakes on that, I went back on that because that was a, a nine month project that I put like my heart and soul into. And if I'm going to work nine months on something as if I make a mistake, I'm going to go back and fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I don't have the time then I find a way to live with it. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. I'm making, I'm making the same cable blanket right now. I'm like halfway through it. And um, I'm not knitting it for anybody. So my reasoning for myself is kind of a mix between everybody. I, I messed up on a cable a few rows back and I didn't notice it until I was like three inches past it. And I didn't think it was that big of a deal. It wasn't functionally a problem. So I just kept going because I figured if I didn't notice it before, if I'm going to knit this whole cable blanket, I'm never going to be able to find where that mistake was when it's all done. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely. And I think like if I was knitting it for myself, I would do the same thing. Yeah. Um, Especially a blanket because as you're wearing it, you can't ever see, it's never laid out flat like that. Um, So I think it's just a project by project and who I'm knitting it for and then I make the judgment call of whether or not it's something. But I will say, if you you have a mistake on cables and you don't have the expertise to go back on cables, don't do it. <laughs> Live with it and move on because you're going to make it a bigger issue if you try to go back to fix it. Absolutely. That's such a good reminder there too. you if it's over your head to fix and, or you're just too tired, don't, don't try it. If you Fixing things can make things worse uh, yeah. in situations. So yeah, good point. Not always the best course of action. Nope. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's jump back into the real world. And the next question is, what if you could only smell one thing for the rest of your existence? What would it be? Um, eucalyptus. Everything I own, any wall plug-in, most of my candles that I buy for myself are all eucalyptus scented because I cannot physically get enough of that smell. (laughs) So if I had to pick one thing to smell forever, it would be eucalyptus. I don't know why. I don't even know like where that idea in my head came from, but I, I love it. I love it. They are doing a lot of ads this year. I, I haven't noticed them until this year. Maybe again, because I have time and I'm watching TV um, for Vicks VapoRub. And I, I so want to go buy it. Just be, I don't need it, but just that smell, that eucalyptus, that warm eucalyptus smell. Okay, so my fragrance that I want to smell for the rest of my life is dinner. 
I love, and I think it's part of my new world where I'm cooking and I have time to do this. And I don't care. It doesn't matter what I'm cooking. I love the smell of food cooking. And that is what I want for the rest of my life is to smell dinner cooking. I love that. Wait, is there like a specific thing though? Like if you had to choose one dinner cooking, what would it be? You know, if I had to, it would definitely involve beef and onions. Oh, that smell. I just love that smell. But I, I even like the smell of bread warming. I love the smell, the toast, the smell of toast. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. But I would have to go with beef and onions. That's a great smell. I love that. So mine would be coffee at any time of day. I don't need to be drinking it. But ever since I was little, even when you're in the grocery store and you walk down the coffee aisle where they used to have the beans, like in that, do they do that still? I don't even know. Not like the regular grocery store, but I remember that and I miss it. Yeah. They used to do it at like the regular grocery store though. Mm -hmm. And I would love going down that aisle with my mom. Like I would just like, I would want to stay there the whole time. And now that like, you know, in the morning I'll make coffee. It's just my favorite time of day. And I think a lot of that has been associated with like the smell of coffee and I just love it can't get enough so random fun fact when I worked at um Bath and Body Works they used to have us carry coffee beans and then after you would sniff like different um like different lotions and fragrances they'd have the customer like sniff coffee to like clear your nose out to like be ready for a new smell wow I know is it a palate cleanser is that how you'd refer to that yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because I'm, I'm with you. I love the smell of coffee. Um, but for me, my, my one smell would be flowers. I love the smell of flowers in the springtime. Just when you walk outside and you just have that fresh smell of just sweet flowers. So going back to, and it was actually that fragrance, going back to Bath and Body Works, when I was walking at the mall this morning, which is before it opened, um, as we were approaching Bath and Body Works for the first loop of our walk, the fragrance that was coming through the door, and it was a very springy smell, which is like different. We're coming out of the season of woodsy and and all of that and piney, and that it was it was very floral. It smelled wonderful. I was just like, I would like to just have Bath and Body Works smells all the time too. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So our next one, we're jumping back into knitting and it is, what if my finished project doesn't fit? Um, if it doesn't fit, I would, I would want to know what specifically doesn't fit about it first. Um, you know, if it's something that can be adjusted or, you know, the, the neck of a sweater, you can't get it over your head. Like you can loosen those things. Um, you could also block it if something is too small. You just have to be careful with that. Make sure that it's, you know, you're blocking it to the correct size that you need. Um, and if it really isn't going to work out, it's, it has to fit somebody. So you can, you know, it doesn't have to be for you or whoever you are hoping to give it to. If it really doesn't fit the intended, um, the intended user, somebody else is going to be able to wear it. Yeah, that's, that was my mind, my thought on that too, is, you know, if it doesn't fit, so I'm, I'm kind of thinking when I was thinking fit, I'm thinking, oh, well, it must be a sweater like thing, but it could be a hat. It could be anything. It could be mittens, it could be socks. It could be anything, 
but you've knit and it doesn't fit. And my whole thing is to give it to somebody, give it to the person who it will fit. And I have been the recipient of that on the other hand. And so, you know, I guess it's kind of the trade-off of knitting is, you know, I put my heart into it. I really wanted to knit that sweater for me, but it doesn't fit the way I had hoped it would, but it's still a great sweater. And let me give it to the person who I think it might fit and or their style. So um, gift it. And I try to always remind myself too with that is definitely a sweater would be kind of like upsetting to me because you put a lot into that. But again, if I know somebody will wear it, but um, the other projects, maybe the smaller projects, the hat I knit that didn't fit or this, this um, mittens, um, enjoy the process, not the product. So yeah, I knit these mittens. I thought they'd be my new mittens. They don't fit, but I had a great time knitting them. And now I'm gonna give them to somebody who I think they'll fit. So enjoy the process, not the product. Yeah, I love that. I think that um, one of the things I like to remind myself about my knitting is that what we're doing is useful. It's very useful. The end product is very useful. It's great for like relieving stress. Every part of knitting is useful in a different way. So no matter what, at the end of the day, if it doesn't fit you, it will fit someone else. And that person will love it. They'll wear it. They'll think of you when they're wearing it. And I think that's what's important. Um, but the other thing is, I've also been the recipient of things that did not fit. Do you remember my gusty sweater? Kevin? I do. Yes. Yeah. So that sweater is one of my favorite sweaters. And it fits me perfectly. It's great. And we blocked that thing from here to kingdom come. Yeah. And I will never wash it because I'm scared that I won't ever get the proportions right again. But I do make sure that I, you know, spritz it every time I wear it. <laughs> that is, that was the perfect example there. And it looked as much as that sweater was not being knit for you. I mean, Gusty was knitting it. And then I, I received it and I finished it and until it was all done. And then when you put that on, it looked like it had been knit for you. That was yeah. what looked so cool. So. And I love it. And I think about that every time I wear it, I think of Gusty, I think of you, it reminds me of the shop. It's just, there's so much that can get passed on like that. Plus if you have knitting friends, there's give and take, you'll get something back someday that doesn't fit them. So right. give and take. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, well, since I'm last, I would absolutely agree with other people can have it. I mean, I've knitted hats that didn't fit me and they went to Katie and they fit her perfectly. Um, however, I'm going to change up the answer simply because I'm last. And I'm going to say, if you have enough yarn, like if you're doing a sweater and you have enough yarn and you find that it's not fitting because your yoke isn't fitting correctly, then take it back and fix it. You did spend all of that time um, working on it and all that time and, and money and just making a sweater. So if it's a, if it's a specific section of your sweater that's not fitting correctly, then go back and redo it as long as you have the time and you have the means and you still have the desire to want to do it because sometimes we finish these projects and we want them off your needle and you never want to go back and fix it again but if it's something that you really put your heart into and you have the yarn and you have the time and or if you need to lengthen it or shorten it or whatever it may be um do it you know yarn doesn't go bad just because you're taking it back you can certainly reuse that yarn and it's yeah. it's going to be there or, I mean, I re-knitted that one hat for class, I think four or five times before we finally <laughs> were set on the pattern. Um, so for hats and mittens, they don't take very long to begin with anyways. So if you don't like the length of it, take it back, fix it. 
Um, there's nothing that says that once you bind it off, you can't unbind it and put it back on your needles and, and fix what you don't like about it. Yeah. I like that benchmark too, that you, that you That's said, so um, the desire, do I still have the desire? If you still mm-hmm. have the desire, you've got a great, you're, you're getting more joy out of that yarn. So it's great. Do I still have the desire? Absolutely. Great. Yeah. I love it guys. That's what happened to me with this sweater that I'm knitting the old sweater. Like I could tell I picked it up and put it down and my gauge had changed when I picked it up and put it down. Cause that happens every once in a while, you just start knitting tighter or looser and it wasn't going to fit me right. The gauge was different on part of it. So I was just, it was time to let go, redo it. I did have the means. I had the yarn, I had the time and I'm really happy with how it's turning out. So love that. Okay. Mm -hmm. We are jumping back into the real world one last time. And the question is, what if you could see your future and would you want to see it? I absolutely would not want to. I, I don't know. I feel like we, we make, especially us as a group, I feel like we make goals for ourselves and you know, personal, professional lives, relationships, things like that. They're like, I don't think I would want to see if they didn't turn out how I would have hoped at the time that I made the goal. But I, I do look back, like, you know, when you set goals for yourself or like hope, you know, something happens in your future, looking back and seeing that journey that took you to get where you are now, that always amazes me. And I always try to find the good, the good parts of things like where I'm at now, you know, life is hard as it is. If you can find like a really good thing and, you know, see what, what happened behind you in your past to maybe lead you to this current point, I, that's something that I like to think about a lot. So I wouldn't want to know what happens in the future because I want to look back and see the journey and be excited all over again. I like that. I like that. Yeah. No, my answer to that is no, I, I don't want to know the future Um, because I want to get up every day and it's, it's a little bit tied into what you're saying too, Brianna. I want to get up every day and realize that I'm, I'm moving toward the future. It gives you a reason to get up. I got to keep getting up to look back. So I do not want to know the future. No. Mm-hmm. I am the same. I don't want to know, except maybe I'd like to know how my wedding looks and turns out because <laughs> it would make my life a lot easier if I knew how that ends <laughs> and like what it looks like. But, um, I think though, what's kind of crazy is if you knew it would impact how you make decisions. Oh yeah. And I feel like yeah. it would be, you wouldn't actually appreciate the process anymore. Yeah. You wouldn't have the desire to make the decisions anymore because you would feel like you didn't have control. So I don't know. I, I say no. Mm-hmm. All right. Last one again. I'm going to mix it up just to mix it up as well. But I have horrible anxiety, horrible anxiety. Um, and if I could know any little tidbit to that would ease my anxiety, I would do it. Yeah, I would absolutely. And it's more, it's gotten worse since like I've had kids and it would be more like if I could just know like everything's okay for them, like always that kind of thing. Like that's where my anxiety like stems from. And if I could just look into the future and see like them walking down the aisle and be like, they're okay. Mm -hmm. I would be like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. 
So I would absolutely want to know. Yeah, I think thinking about it that way, I might not want to know like what my future looks like, but maybe uh, like further, like not after I'm gone, but like, you know, after I'm established and like I'm comfortable, like what are my kids going to be doing? Like, what is that going to look like? And what is the world going to be like, you know, after I'm gone? Like, maybe that's something I would like to know, but I don't want to know anything about my life because it's already a hot mess. (laughs) (laughs) That stirs up a lot of good thoughts, Stephanie. That's like the the different stages of our lives, you know, And, and you're in that spot right now where you have so many responsibilities um, and you're, you're, we all have responsibilities, but yours are, you know, you're creating responsibilities that will have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is the stages of life are definitely a big factor. Yeah. yeah. Like if I could look in the future and know when Henry was going to start sleeping through the night, I could like <laughs> mentally process this and go, okay, you only have like three more months. You can do this. So things like that, like yeah. not big life things. I just need to know little things to help my anxiety come back down from my sleep deprived state of mind. So if I could just know little things like that, that would be great. That would be kind of cool. Wouldn't it? Or that, yeah, um, this diet that I'm trying to do is going to really work out for me. And I will be able to wear that swimsuit I dream about this summer. Just that little picture, not the big future, just a little future. <laughs> yep, just to something a little, just to, just to take the edge off to be like, okay, this is, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Agreed. That's a good way to look at it. I like that. All right. Last one, gals. Okay, so this is a knitting question, and it is, what if my local yarn shop closes? Find another local yarn shop. Okay, honestly, because we've been getting, we've been getting this question for months um, since we did close the local yarn shop um, because of retirement, which is an exciting thing, but a lot of people have this problem where they get stuck in a cycle of like they have a yarn shop and they do not know where to find another one or know where to get yarn at all like they just have been doing the same thing for so long that they have no idea what else is out there um so my biggest suggestion to people is just google it like google yarn shops in your area um chances are like I know where we live in Delaware County is pretty populated. Um, There are quite a few local yarn shops in the Tri-County area. Other places don't have local yarn shops like that. They're very far and few between. So, you know, it might be like 50 miles for you to find your local yarn shop, but it, it, if you, want a local yarn shop and you want to support small businesses it's it's worth that drive you know it doesn't have to be every day or every week like you can go and stock up for you know a month or two and just keep going back to them you know on a quarterly basis however you want to figure out your yarn budget i i would love to do that <laughs> just you know stop in drive 50 miles every week but um yeah i mean find another local yarn shop they're out there they're still doing business even through a pandemic um, and they, you know, they're doing a great job. Yeah, that's, I, that's the same thing. I just put, I, I wrote these down on my paper here and it says, find a new one. Oh my God, uh, because it does happen. And like us, I retired. Um, the actual business model that we had closed, but we have growth coming out of that. 
So you girls can talk about that if you'd like to. Um, so there are so many opportunities to still have a local yarn shop and so many choices, whether it is bricks and mortar or virtual or a mix of that. And I think too, as you're looking for a local yarn shop, um, just a couple of things that were going through my mind is how do I get started on that? I love the Google search. I did that for the carpet company that we are probably going to have carpet put in this coming week. Um, and I feel really good about that. Um, so Google's great. Ask your friends. You're a knitter. Knitters are communities. Ask the other people that you know. Or, and you, you know us. You know, put, I don't know. Can they send us an email through Spotify? I don't even know. But um, I don't think so. Anyway, <laughs> ask a friend. And uh, definitely, um, you know, ask around. And, and keep an open mind. I find myself right now. It's easy to want things to remain the same. It's easy to go, but I want that same place where I always went, but things change. People are getting older, things change and keep an open mind and you will be very pleasantly surprised of all the new choices that you have available. That was the other thought too, is understand what it is you'd like from your local yarn shop. You know, is it the materials? Is it the instruction? What is it that I need? It's an opportunity to refresh the relationship that you had and build it and grow it. So, yep, find a new one. Yeah, love it. And I did a little Google searching of my own this week because I needed to find yolk colors for my sweater. Yeah. And I Googled the yarn I'm using and I found a local yarn shop that had two of the colors I wanted. Um, it's called the Yarn Barn in Woodbridge, Connecticut. And I ordered from them. They were very nice. They emailed me um, and it got here within like a week. And then I had to order another ball from another place out in Illinois. But what's so cool is the postal system. So, you know, yeah. it, you can make it work if you don't have a local yarn shop close to you and you know what you like, you can make it work. So, yeah, I love that. I love that you're actually holding up the yarn too that you ordered. That's awesome. I just opened it. It came in the mail. I just grabbed it <laughs> on my way out before this. Um, and Kathy, I love what you mentioned too, like, figure out what you're missing from it. So if that's instruction or the community, um, look for that. Look for that in a, in a new place. It may not even have to be a, a local yarn shop. It could just be, is that what you're missing? Then create that. Um, but my thought for, if you're looking for yarn, if your local yarn shop has closed down, if you have a favorite yarn that you like to use, go to that manufacturer's website and they'll be able to tell you um, local yarn shops that actually do sell that for them and then go to that local yarn shops website and venture out from the yarn that you like and try new yarns too because we sold different yarns from different companies um, but your starting point could be a yarn that you already know you love and you like to knit with it so chances are that the local yarn shop if they're selling a yarn that you already knit with and that you love will have other yarns that will speak to you as well mm -hmm. yeah yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to mention too that um, you may not find every single thing that you want or need from one business either. Um, just like Natalie had to, you know, shop around for the particular yarn she was looking for and the colors that she wanted that. Um, but I mean, if you are looking for an all-in-one yarn shop, there, there may not be one that you like everything that they have to offer, which is totally fine. It's, it's okay to, you know, buy your yarn in multiple places, especially if you're looking for a particular yarn. 
um, or depending on where you're located or you know what's available to you through the postal service. Um, and you know if you're looking for instruction or kits, not every business has those things. So venture out, you know, find what works for you. If you like in-person instruction, find that yarn shop that'll do that for you. If you are, you know, into doing instruction, you know, at your own pace, find, find what works for you there too. Don't, don't settle for something because it's the closest to your house. Um, because chances are, you know, that yarn shop might not end up being what's best for you. Yes, that's a, that's well a really said. good point. Um, mm -hmm. Not to talk about the stock market, because this is not the stock market, but I'm going back to my days in financial services. And one of our your cornerstones of investing was diversify. Diversify, yeah. diversify that portfolio of where you are buying and learning and sharing. Diversify. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I think we covered all our questions, guys. We covered all our bases. Those were some really good answers. All right. Anything else? Any updates? Um, no, I, well, I think, do you want to share a little bit about what we're doing, Natalie? Yeah, I think that would be great. Do you want me to share it or do you want to share it? If you can share if you want. Okay. So Brianna and I are venturing into this world of knitting instruction. Um, and we are opening our own business called Roots Knitting Academy. And you can find us at www.rootsknitting.com. Um, we're going to be launching private instruction very soon. And we have hopes and dreams of launching group um, classes in the near future. And all of this will be done live via Zoom. So if you're listening to us from somewhere that is not local, you don't need to worry about being local. You just need to worry about showing up on Eastern Standard Time. Yes. And that's that. <laughs> Anything else? Anything to add to that, Bina? No, no, I love it. We will, um, in the very near future, be um, posting availability for private lessons while we keep working on our schedule of live classes and on-demand content. Um, but we just we just got the approval for our business, so we're making things happen and dreams come true, guys. Yeah, <laughs> they we're so do. They do. Good job, ladies. Okay, I'm going to whisper one more thing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to whisper our topic for next week. So those of you who have listened along and go, well, what could they talk about next week? And now you'll all hear this is we're going to talk about the Olympics next week because they start this week. And I have been so excited for them. So we can talk about what are you knitting during the Olympics? What are you watching during the Olympics? What new sports are you taking up right, Natalie, like curling during the Olympics? And uh, so yeah. have, can we talk the Olympics next week, ladies? Absolutely. Absolutely. Plan for it now. Love all right. That. And I hope that all of the knitters will be back to listen with us. Yes. Great. Okay. Awesome. So I think we're it's time to wrap it up. Um, if you like our show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform so more people can find us. Hopefully by now you've finished that drink because it's time for us to bind off. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.